Hey everyone, I've got another episode of the Road to Revenue series. Today's episode is all about patience and persistence. That's right, the superheroes that they are. It's Batman and Robin. We're going to talk about the difference between those two and how they reconcile with each other. Tweet me at David Meltzer your favorite takeaway from today's episode and check the show notes to see how you can text me or email me at any time. This is Entrepreneurs The Playbook. Good morning, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Friday training. And uh, if you haven't caught office hours, it'll every Friday on Bloomberg, you got to check it out. And uh, many, many more great things coming our way. Uh, we want to make sure that you ask questions. We'll be uh, coaching and training here for 30 minutes on patience versus persistence. One of the great conflicts, the great counterintuitive uh, nature of patience and persistence and how they are relative to each other and how they can change your life if you can be persistent and patient at the same time. And I think, you know, that's the ultimate question. Uh, anyone that wants the guide to how to be patient and persistent, all you need to do is email me, david at dmelzer.com. David at dmelzer.com. I'll be happy to give you this guide on how to be persistent and patient they seem to be counterintuitive. They seem to not get along with each other, but it's part of the great reconciliation that needs to uh, take place. Patients always suggest tolerance. Uh, it suggests endurance, especially with difficult situations. Um, on the other hand, uh, the perseverance and persistence suggests determination uh, in where an individual strives to achieve their target in a sense with all the bigger they have to be able to enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential, but to be patient is something that I deal with all the time, uh, individually, as well as helping other people deal with how am I supposed to be patient and persistence when they seem to fight against each other. Um, I'm absolutely here to tell you that there is no key differences between patience and perseverance. Uh, what it is, is understanding your own perspective and your own understanding of time. Uh, we have been taught these differences, that patience and persistence are separate from, are counterintuitive and conflictual between each other. Um, and so, you know, to, to look at it, patience and perseverance and persistence are two qualities that are linked together although the words themselves seem to suggest differences. Patience suggests tolerance and endurance, as I stated. And on the other hand, perseverance suggests determination, as I stated, as we strive in the enjoyment of the consistent, persistent pursuit of their potential. In the sense, the key difference between those two are the action of persistence. And it seems as if patience is not an action. It's allowing is not an action. And this is the key uh, to understanding how we reconcile patience and persistence. When we can see persistence and patience as actions, actions that take you know, that ability that we must be what we can be, and we start putting the verb behind patience, the verb behind persistence, and accept the reconciliation. Uh, from the very beginning, we're taught and I'll give you uh, our Oxford English Dictionary, patience can be understood as the ability to accept delay or trouble calmly. Um, it's highlights tolerance and allowance. 
Being patient is when the individual is tolerant and endures pain, suffering, misfortune, and other difficult situations. Being patient is often considered a good quality. Most believe that those who are patient, they reap the best benefits. Um, it's interesting, right? Because inherent in what we're talking about, you can start seeing how patience is an action. It's an ability. It's a superpower of being able to appreciate all that's happening, to acknowledge all that's happening, and to ask for more. To understand uh, patience is an extremely aggressive behavior is hard for us to understand because we immediately, when we talk about aggressive behavior, we start to think about persistence. How does the dictionary there? Perseverance and persistence refers to continuing in spite of difficulty and lack of success. So one is the ability to accept difficulty and lack of success, and the other is continuing in spite of it. I'm here to tell you that they're both the same thing. In order to continue in spite of the difficulty or lack of success, you need to be able to have the ability to accept, appreciate is acceptance, appreciate and acknowledge the trouble itself so you can continue in spite. Are you starting to see the nuance of how patience and persistence work together and reconcile with other in order to effectuate what you want in a rapid and accurate manner? This highlights, even in the face of repeated failures, that an individual continues in the course of action to be persistent and perseverant in spite of all the difficulties. And in order to understand how to reconcile these actions of how we deal with difficulty or lack of success, in other words, pain, failures, setbacks, mistakes, how do we do that? Well, we have to understand that this difference in definitions allow us to create action that are reconciled with each other. In other words, in the very core of who I am, if I try to get happy and I'm seeking happiness and I'm persistent in being happiness, it will never come to me. But if I'm persistent and patient, that I know how to handle the ability to handle the lack of success, the lack of happiness, and I'm continuing on in spite of that lack of happiness, then I'm capable of rapidly and accurately getting that happiness because what I'm doing is acknowledging that I am already happy and I'm just figuring out what I am doing through patience and persistence in order to interfere with that happiness. Think about that for a minute. So if I'm already happy and I'm doing everything that I can to go get happy, I'll never get it. If I'm happy and I'm just trying to figure out the times in which I'm not happy, what I'm doing to interfere with that happiness and utilizing patience as an ability to understand that interference and persistence as the ability to continue on. Now you can start to see the superpowers are like Batman and Robin right? They are completely aligned, reconciled, and synergistic with each other. Um, and we are taught, though, right, that they couldn't even be relatives of one another. They couldn't even be friends, let alone super friends. Uh, they are super friends. They're Batman and Robin. Patience can be understood as the ability to accept it and how to deal with it 
and perseverance is the ability to continue on. Now, the characteristics in the form that patience is tolerance or acceptance seems once again to be counterintuitive to persistent. If we're allowing things to happen, how can we be persistent to it? Perseverance suggests that we're overcoming, overselling, back end selling, going around, under, through. How does that, what we need to do is detach. We, we need to understand detachment um, because what happens is if let's take wealth as an example, if I want to go get wealthy, I'll never be wealthy uh, because I won't be able to uh, hit that emotional level. There's no determination of, of that. If I already know that I'm wealthy and I figure out what I'm doing to interfere with it, then I am allowing it to happen with the same exact energy, the same as exact directives that are trying or other people try to go get it with, I'm utilizing that energy, that free will to clear away what already exists. Pa patience usually does not suggest acting against opposing forces. Now, there's a differentiator that allows us to reconcile the two. What do I mean? That if you think that you have to go get something, if you think you're not worthy of it, of happiness, of health, of wealth, then you're going to have to be persistent because persistence is what allows you to go against opposing forces, go under, over, around it, through it, lie to it, manipulate it, cheat it, oversell it, back end sell it, whatever people do. And then patience uh, does not suggest that you need to act against opposing forces, but the way the characteristics are defined is we should wait for it to happen. No, we want to free it. Free will. What am I talking about? See, all, all of these things stem from, right, stem from your knowledge that there is, in, in, and I hope everyone can accept this because if not it's very difficult for patients and persistence to reconcile it's very difficult for the currencies to reconcile of faith and money all the different reconciliations that caused counterintuitive thought cause resistance void shortages and obstacles but hear me out if you believe which i hope you do that there's something bigger than you if you believe that that there's something bigger than you, an all-knowing, all-powerful, omniscient source. Whatever you define it as, whatever religion you believe in, whatever spirituality or emotional attachment you have to that idea. But if you believe there's something bigger than you, you will be capable of reconciling patience and persistence. If you don't believe that, we're wasting our time. You should just disconnect and not listen to that. But if you believe there's something bigger than you and you have faith, that the all-knowing, all-powerful omniscient, because of its own definition of who that bigger than you is, cares about you, loves you, protects you, promotes you as much as you would your own children or as much as your mom or dad would protect, promote you and love you, if you believe those two things, it becomes quite obvious how the action of patience exists and how free will, how the desire to be what you must be, what you may be, what you already are, 
is inherent in the nature of this reconciliation between patience and persistence. If you believe there's something bigger than you, that omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that cares about you, promotes you and protects you the same way that you would your children or your parents protect and promote you, then you can fully understand how we use our free will, our desire that we must be what we can be in order to free what we are given. We free what we're given by utilizing what is defined as patience, as an action to understand the pain, setbacks, failures that we uh, experience in order to learn lessons. And we utilize persistence and perseverance in order to carry on. These are the Batman and the Robin. These are the super friends. Patience and persistence are the super friends of you and what you already are connected to and through something bigger than you that cares about you as much as you care about your children, as much as a parent cares about their child. It promotes you, it protects you, allowing you, it, it, it's the same as if, you know, when, when we're looking at uh, patience itself, per persistence uh, is being able to continue on. Now you can see how it's super buddy there. Uh, patience allows you to carry on, uh, but you wouldn't want to carry on with as much vigor or faith if you didn't believe that you were being promoted and protected. That pain itself is an indicator that's moving you to a better place. So for example, I'll give you an analogy. Um, when I was three years old, there was a campfire and we were camping in the, in the mountains and I went at three years old to reach my hand into that campfire because it looked so enticing. It looked like where I wanted to be. It was warm and colorful and cool. And I wanted to reach out and touch it. And my mom slapped the back of my hand and screamed at me. Now my mom's a second grade teacher. She treats everybody like a second grader. She's the kindest, nicest, she's too nice. And I've never been hit by her before. And I freaked out. I'm like, why are you punishing me? I'm crying, I'm hurt. You know why she was. She was protecting me and promoting me to put me to a better place, a better position, or make my situation better. Once you have faith that there's something bigger than you, and that which is bigger than you cares about you as much as my mom cared about me, then it's easy to understand patience as an action to handle, understand, learn from, all the difficulties and setbacks, failures and mistakes and pain that we experience in our journey in order to put ourselves and promote ourselves and protect ourselves. It's easy to do that. And then you can see how patience as the ability to understand and learn from the pain, setbacks and failures becomes a super friend of persistence. It's actually a catalyst to continuing on. Because of course you're gonna want better you're not going to create all the ego-based uh, emotions that are in there. Struggles now become exciting ways to expand, grow, and accelerate, to find our higher self that we're pursuing, the potential that we've been given by something bigger than us that promotes and protects us. Persistent becomes not an obstinate, continuous, continuant, but an excitable, positive, accelerated inspirational journey, not one of resistance, but one of acceptance through patience 
a steadfast in doing something despite the difficulty or delay in achieving the success. There's so many different people that have talked about this in history. One's my favorite entrepreneur, Ray Kroc. Uh, one of his favorite sayings in his office in San Diego was press on. Press on with free will to utilize your freeing will. Your freeing will, you're utilizing your will, your desire in order to free that which is already yours from that which is bigger than you that protects you and promotes you. Even uh, Calvin Coolidge, our uh, ex-president, uh, said, nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than an unsuccessful person with talent. I will tell you that an unsuccessful person, because all of us have talent, is someone that doesn't understand the reconciliation of free will. They do not understand the reconciliation of patience and persistence. They don't understand. They already are blank. And what are they doing to interfere with it through the process of patience to understand what they're doing to interfere with it, which is indicated by pain, setbacks, failures, and mistakes, and then utilizing persistence with the faith that they're going to end up somewhere better despite the difficulty, delay, or pain, setbacks, and failures created there. We need to change the way that we look at things so the things we look at change. We need to apply this idea of time and faith by asking ourselves in this example, ask yourself, what happens if there's no time? What happens if I detach my emotions of time that I need to get something done? I have a bill due on this date. I need to graduate by this date. I need to find a job by this. What if I take out time and I use my free will to do my best, learn lessons, and have fun? What if I utilize time in the concept of infinity, knowing that the speed of thought moves far greater than the speed of time? The speed of light is what creates the speed of time, 186,000 miles per second or so from the time a particle of light leaves the sun and makes it to the earth, which is how we determine our 24 hours a day, something we share on earth with everyone. 24 hours of activity, I suggest, that you take time out of the equation and apply timelessness with faith, that there's something bigger than you that promotes and protects you the same as you are protected and promoted by your parents or you would promote and protect your own child. Imagine, the only difference is, is when we promote and protect our children, we don't know what we don't know. We are ignorant, hopefully humble people or ignorant, arrogant people that we don't know what we don't know but pretend like we do. If you believe there's something bigger than you, an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that cares about you that much, what can't you do? Why won't you use your free will in order to allow everything that you have and want in order to facilitate it with what a desire, a persistent desire, a consistent desire that you must be what you can be to pursue your potential, to allow you to have the free will to change your mind because of the lessons, the difficulty, the challenges, the voids, the shortages and obstacles that you face. 
being able to allow things to happen rapidly and accurately by shifting the entire paradigm of patience and persistence. No longer are they the antonyms of each other. They're actually synonyms. They're super friends. They're Batman and Robin in life, allowing the hall of justice to protect us because it's all knowing. Our level or degree of patience and persistence are determined in our faith with two things. Is there something bigger than me? An omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source. And two, does it care about me as much as I care about my children or a parent cares about their child? There's only five ways to apply this the reconciliation of everything, faith and time, money and faith itself as a currency and object of energy that we put into the flow to get what we want, or even patience and persistence. And we have to have it daily. We have to do things consistently in order to have patience and persistence in the pursuit of our potential. If you don't know your what, you will end up quitting. If you don't know what you want each day, and it can change every day from what the lessons of patience and persistence that have created the difficulties, pain, shortages, and obstacles that interfere with us and what we already are, happy, healthy, wealthy, even worthy. But if you don't know your what personally, experientially, giving and receiving wise, you'll end up quitting. The only time you don't go get to where you're supposed to be, listen to me, the only time you don't get to where you're supposed to be is when you quit. And then you're where you are or don't want to be. You can either be where you're supposed to be or where you don't want to be. All determined upon those two things. If you believe there's something all-knowing, all-powerful, bigger than you that cares about you as much as a parent cares about the child, then you'll understand. You'll be able to continue on to where you're supposed to be, not where you don't want to be. Not where you want to be and where you don't want to be, where you're supposed to be. You see the nuance between believing there's an all-knowing, all-powerful, omniscient source that cares about you as much as a parent cares about his child, protects as much as a parent protects his child, promotes as much as a parent promotes his child. Do you see the nuance difference between where I want to be and I don't want to be compared to where I'm supposed to be and where I don't want to be? That's why you need to know your what. The second is know your who. Not only who protects and promotes us as someone of who we can help, but also who can help us. And we can allow that to happen by appreciating what we have, acknowledging, acquiring the knowledge we have by giving it away to others, but also asking for help to fill the larger void vessel that has been promoted within us by the omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source, something bigger than us that cares about us as much as our parent cares about a child. And if you know your what and know your who, now we get into the strategy and discipline of knowing how to get it done. And this word time and faith need to be reconciled where you can live between limitlessness and infinity, understand that you're given 24 hours of activity, but it's how we utilize the 24 hours of activity in what's realm, a realm of thoughtfulness or a realm of ego. Are we utilizing a lens of productivity to see how much value we can provide with those activities, activities we have planned, activities we don't have planned, even our sleep, or activity we get paid for, an activity we don't get paid for, right? I don't believe in work. 
And, you know, these five daily practices of knowing your what, who, and how to understand the lens of productivity, to understand the lens of accessibility, uh, accessibility of how accessible we are to that source of omniscient, all-powerful, and all-knowing being that cares about us as much as a parent cares about their child. How accessible are we to everyone else that surrounds us? And how are we accessing, allowing what we want from the great source and from others? Accessibility is a second lens that's necessary in order to be not only productive, but accessible. And finally, of course, the lens of gratitude. The lens of gratitude is always regulated by the great chain of feeding to understand, is it worth finding the light, the love, and the lessons? Is it worth utilizing my free will to clear the interference between me and the omniscient for this reason or between me and other people for this reason? Is it worth it? Because 80% of our time is spent with people that bleed us. We want to make sure that we're utilizing our attention and intention and our coincidences with what we want or we're supposed to be, not where we don't want to be or what we don't want. We are faithful in the respect that we are exactly where we're supposed to be at the right place at the perfect time, time living within the realm of limitlessness, which allows us to utilize the power of 64, which allows us to be more productive, accessible, gracious, allows us to be more efficient, effective, and statistically successful. If anybody wants the power of 64, if you want to learn how to live eight days of productivity in one day, 56 days of productivity in one week, if you want to know how I made a million dollars nine months out of law school by beating people with time and faith, just email me. I'll give you that. The power of 64, I'll give you my book. It's right in there. David at dmelzer.com. I will sign my book, send it to you. I'll circle the power of 64 for you so you can find it or just send you the exercise. Just all you have to do is ask for help. You have to have faith of the omniscient all-knowing, something bigger than you that cares about you as much as a parent cares about its child, promotes and protects it as well. And if you know your what, your who, your how, then you will know your now. You'll now have a firm foundation in order to have faith and utilize time efficiently, effectively with statistical success in order to prioritize what's important to you. Reconciling patience and persistence is the ability to understand that which is creating resistance in your life, that which is creating difficulty, void shortages and obstacles, and not only understand it, but continue to pursue it through patience and persistence, which are reconciled as super friends, Batman and Robin. And if you do this, it'll allow you not to find your why, right? Because remember, you're connected to and through your why at all times. You already told me, 98% of you, that you believe in something bigger than you an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that cares about you as much as a parent cares about its child. Therefore, what we want to do is apply all of that why. We don't want to find the why. We don't want to find our health, happiness, and worthiness. We don't want to find that. We want to apply it so that we get more. We want to appreciate it, acknowledge it, and ask for more of it by applying our why and the four steps of applying your why, which also I will send you, david at dmelzer.com. If you wanna apply your why, you need to identify what's interfering with it. Understanding there's something bigger than you that cares about you, promotes you, protects you as much as the parent protects its child, but you need to identify those triggers. There are different people in your life, family, friends, whoever it may be, and then you got to stop 
There's where the patients come in. Patience is a fierce free will. In order to not go and try to resist it, go over it, under it, through it, around it, instead of overselling it, back end selling it, lying to it and manipulating and cheating it, just stop. Utilize your free will the best you can to detach yourself from that outcome and stop, breathe through your nose, out through your mouth, another action of patience, and then roll in persistence towards what you want, who can help you and who you can help figuring out through the power of 64, how to get it done with the lenses of productivity, accessibility, and gratitude to determine what's important to you and to do it now because 100% of the things you do now get done. And then finally, instead of searching for your why, let me help you apply your why. Just reach out to me, david at dmeltzer.com. I'll send you the exercise in the super friends of Robin and Batman, the patience versus persistence. You will have all of that in my book. I will sign it, ebook, audiobook if you'd rather. I will send it to you. I'll pay for the book and shipping. Don't worry. There is no cost to you. This is about empowering you, celebrating you, and elevating you to happiness, health, wealth, and worthiness. I appreciate it. We got tons of questions in here. Uh, so I'm looking forward uh, both on Clubhouse, IG, on this webinar with over 50,000 people registered. I can't believe over 21 years we've aggregated such a huge audience. I'm going to take a question online and I'm going to bring up my first guest, Frank Villa. You're going to be coming up to ask me a question. Let me uh, just start out. Here we go. What do you mean when you say open minds, open hearts, and open hands? Uh, for me, what I mean is that we surround ourselves with the right people, the right ideas, and that by utilizing open-ended questions and by leading people with directives, with closed-ended questions, we can determine if they have an open mind. See, an open mind is willing to either find someone to help us or help us themselves. And if we do that, we can aggregate, accelerate, and compound our network, our collective consciousness in order to, to help us get our what or who or how or now, right? So what I mean by an open mind is utilizing open-ended and closed-ended questions to determine if somebody's willing to help us or find someone to help us. And if they are, they have surrounded themselves with other people like that with open hearts. And guess what? A person with an open heart and an open mind have open hands, meaning not only can you help them, but they can help you. And so that duality, that relationship, that collective consciousness is to me a pinnacle necessity of who I surround myself with. I already know I'm connected to what? An omnipotent, powerful, knowing source bigger than me that promotes me, protects me, cares about me as much as a parent cares about their child. But moreover, the idea of an open mind, open heart, open hands is who am I allowing this to come through? Who am I surrounding myself in the spectrum of time, in the reality of the activity I get paid for, don't get paid for, in the reality of the 24 hours of activity of sharing my life on this earth with other people? I want to share my life with open mind, open hearts, and open hands. I have that open-ended question guide. Once again, david at dmeltzer.com. Happy uh, to share that as well. Okay, first up, Frank Villa. Good morning, David. Good morning, Jake. Um, uh, first of all, let me start off with um, thank you. And um, I just uh, wanted to correct you guys real quick with my last name. It's pronounced Villa. I mean, I don't oh, care how yes. you guys really, really how you pronounce it. But... <laughs> Hola, ¿qué pasa? ¿Por qué no comes la comida de Frank Villa? <laughs> Mucho gusto. Uh, uh, but, um, yeah, uh, David, wow, what, what are uh, uh, 
a, a powerful speech. I, I loved it. Um, you, you, you hit the, the nail on the head as always. You must have been a former carpenter or a master builder. <laughs> <laughs> like G- Jesus was a carpenter. <laughs> well, you know, um, uh, I truly believe that we are the light. Everybody has that Christ conscience and, and, and as we are the light of our own world, you know, and um, with, with with that being said, my question really is, um, um, how does one use their fear as a motivating or a driving force instead of a, 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 a deterrent? Um, yeah. So I think first distinguishing fear is the key component, Frank. Uh, what I mean by that is fear is a great motivator. And a motivator is something that will get you up, get you back up, get you started, and get you back started. But it's not an inspirational tool. See, an inspirational tool is a long-term tool, a guide that allows us to what get us there. It, it is the fuel, the fuel, inspiration is the fuel to the reconciliation of patience and persistence to deal with and understand and learn from the pain, setbacks, failures, mistakes that we experience and utilizing patience as well with persistence to continue on. That idea of continue on is through inspiration. Motivation will get you up, get you back up. See, fear is a soul sucker. And so it's not going to allow us energetically to get there. It will get us up, but inspiration will get us there. So when you can utilize the five daily practices after you utilize see, that fear, when we identify that fear, okay, I'm motivated now. I'm up. I'm ready to go. But that's fear-based. That's not going to get me. Now I'm going to stop, drop, and roll. I'm going to think about what I want who I can help, who can help me, how best to get it done, utilizing the power of 64, productivity, accessibility, and gratitude, in prioritizing what's most important to me and applying my why, that will get me there with the reconciliation of patience and persistence. But motivation, I got to get up sometimes. When I don't feel like it, I got to get up. Fear is a motivator. Recognize it, but do not try to utilize it as an inspirational tool to get you there. Does that sound fair? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, I, I just went through a process like that. It's like I was um, trying to do way too much, uh, um, scared of relaxing, all this. I gave myself a hernia because I was being too physical at 44 and, and um, other things. But what I noticed was that once um, I even stopped going to your trainings, I stopped going to everybody's training, even Carmichael's, just because I, I was just doing too much. And um, what I noticed was... Um, Art has been a lifesaver. It allows me to focus. It allows me to really flow. And once I got back into that flow, uh, um, here I am. I, I feel better. And it's it's not a fear base. It's it's more of a, a of um, acknowledging, allowing my calling. You got so it. Thank you, David. thank you for being an inspiration and living to and through us. And I'm just glad to have you back, Frank. And glad you're doing well. Uh, Frank Via, my dear friend, thank you for joining us. All right, we'll take another question online, uh, and then we'll take a question from Blaine after that. Um, question here online, just downloaded your Finders Free Agreement uh, template. How do I use it? <laughs> you know, it's funny you ask, because a lot of people are asking that. Um, so I believe that we should establish relationships, searchable documentation that acknowledges how we can help each other and derive revenue from that, a mutual agreement that is mutually beneficial. And so I created a finder's fee agreement that says, I call it an overlap agreement, 
in the overlap of my normal day. If I find someone that needs you as a dentist, I will refer them to you. You will pay me for that or give me a credit towards my dentistry. And if you give me a speaking engagement, a podcast or whatever it is, I will also uh, pay you as well for the value that I receive. And I make it searchable and I utilize it. But how do we use the finders fee template that I've given? What you need to do is go through and change the parties to those that are involved each time, change any of the non-standard templates of the agreement. The agreement is one of trust. It's one of recognition, meaning that we don't remember two things, that we even have an agreement, or two, what the agreement was. And there becomes all types of resistance, void shortages and obstacles between two mutually beneficial people, two people that consider themselves to try to be helping each other, but because they don't codify it, they feel that there's some sort of missing component. How many times have you helped someone and not done a finder's fee agreement or an overlap agreement and everybody's enjoying the rewards of the party except for you and you created the party? This is a way to document the party, making sure that if you've gone through the effort to make sure that we've created a great party where everybody mutually benefits and has a great time, makes money, helps people and has fun, that you get your portion and rewards from that so that you can do it again expand, grow, and accelerate so that you can appreciate what you have done and others can appreciate it, expand and grow. You can acknowledge it, still give it all away, and then ask for more. A finder's fee agreement is a representation of the flow of value between two parties that want to mutually benefit. And it's predetermined and codified so that we can remember what we said. If you feel as if you lost thousands, millions, or even hundreds of millions of dollars by not codifying and recognizing the value that you brought on by creating a party or relationships that have resulted in financial gain that you feel that you took part in. And also you have not rewarded others for bringing opportunities to you Then document it, utilize an over at clap agreement, a finder's fee agreement, go through, customize it with your own company's names and the companies and parties names in which you want to effectuate it, utilize the standard clauses and manipulate it to the country or state or city that you're in. But remember the real understanding of this is not because we don't trust one another it's because we don't remember remind or recollect what the heck that we agreed on that would be mutually beneficial. We are stagnating the abundance that we live in. We are in the flow. We are here to appreciate all that we have, acknowledge it by giving away, by being a service to others, and then asking others for help so we can fulfill the expanded version of ourselves, our better selves, our more potentialized self. And we utilize this with patience and persistence. Uh, awesome. Okay, next up, Blaine, what do you got for me? Hey there, since it's a Veterans Day, I've got a topical question for you. Do you have any advice for a, a service member who's looking to get involved in entrepreneurship or business? Well, first of all, um, I highly encourage anyone that's a veteran, number one, appreciate everybody's service. I want to recognize Veterans Day. 11-11 is an appropriate day. Uh, it's a lucky day for me. I was born on 111. I'm a, a one person. Uh, my business partner's uniform number was number one. It's all about the one. So uh, put yourself first. You have created freedom and opportunity for everyone. So thank you for your service. Uh, reach out to me if you are a vet. Um, vets are very much like athletes as far as their skills, knowledge, and desire go. Uh, you have the superpower that creates success if you're a vet. 
And that super sour is called discipline. Discipline leads to consistent behavior. Consistent behavior leads to persistent behavior, which leads to patience, which leads to potential. And so if you are looking uh, to align synergistically and supplementary your skills, knowledge, and desire to an industry career, something that's doing well, something stable, something that you think is doing well, either by the industry career or job that you're seeking, please reach out to me, david at dmelter.com. I will help show you how your superpowers can be applied to not only make a lot of money, but to help a lot of people and have a lot of fun, to be rewarded for the service that you've provided, the freedom, the free will that you've provided, freedom being the ability to have as many wishes as you want and pursue the wish that you want. Freedom is the ability to have as many wishes as you want and to pursue the wishes that you want. That is freedom and I appreciate the freedom that you provide. I appreciate the question to all the vets. We honor you here on Veterans Day, 11-11 to everybody. I'm a 111 guy, born on January 11th at 111 and I know I'll live and surpass 111 uh, here. Please, everyone support our vets. Uh, and moreover, let's learn about how that desire that you must be, what you can be is applicable in the case of this uh, discipline strategy and awareness, the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential through patience and persistence. Uh, excellent. Thank you for raising our awareness and reminding, remembering, recollecting the importance of our freedoms. Uh, I'm going to take another question online and then we'll bring up Christina. Uh, all righty, here we go. How can people maintain or improve their credibility? Uh, first of all, we uh, utilize credibility as a superpower in our relationships. So in order to maintain or improve it, we have to can practice integrity. We have to practice credibility. We have to review, reflect, and acknowledge uh, where we can get better, where things can be even taken out of uh, a credible statement by being taken out of a situation or an experience. We have to also incorporate, in, incorporate uh, forgiveness into the maintenance and improvement of credibility because nobody is 100% credible. We should strive for 100% credible or integrity, but it's impossible because of perceptions. It's not what we say, it's what people hear. And there's so many different circumstances that arise that have diminished or dissolved credibility in so many different areas of my own life. And so I try to practice credibility. I try to practice integrity. I try to look with a fine tooth comb in everything that I'm doing to maintain and improve that credibility, knowing that if I ever could get to 100% credible, then everyone would do what I asked. If I told you all today with 100% credibility, wire me a million dollars today, I'll wire you $2 million tomorrow, everybody would borrow, beg, steal, find a million dollars to wire me if I was 100% credible. So what we want to do is practice credibility by practicing integrity, by increasing our ability to effectively communicate. Knowing is not what we say, it's what they hear, but going through what we say, what we do, what we hear with a fine tooth comb to improve and maintain that credibility. Credibility is the most important thing and also the most overlooked thing, especially in pitching. I'm filming two minute drill uh, right now. Uh, we are uh, on our last day of filming, our last three episodes. And I can't tell you how many people uh, go down the rabbit's hole of losing credibility where all I'm thinking about during the pitch is what else are they lying, exaggerating about, overselling or back end selling about, cheating or lying about, 
when I should be thinking about how great is this pitch? How much value are they providing? How credible and integral are they in what they're saying? But they over-exaggerated one thing. They lost credibility, which sent me straight down the worm's hole of thinking that everything else they say is not credible. There's an old story of boy who cried wolf. It can be utilized as a practice to maintain or improve your credibility. Thank you so much for that question. Next up, Christina, always a pleasure to have you here on Clubhouse. Good morning. Happy Veterans Day. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so my question comes from actually our private training or private coaching group from this week. That was unbelievable. It was so, so powerful. Uh, but um, something that had come up was that, that really resonated with me is like, even when we try our best, it's not working or not, you know, happening in the way that we thought it was. And so you said, uh, you're utilizing your best in the wrong direction. And the better question is, what could I be doing differently for my best? And I thought that was a really uh, beautiful way to reframe or to help when you are doing your best, but you're still finding resistance or, or not, you know, not happening the way you think. So can you put it in this perspective of patience and persistence and also um, how, how do you answer what could I be doing differently for my best? What is the next step for that? And thank you so, so, so much. <laughs> thank you for taking notes and reiterating things that I can't even remember. So, um, but to do our best is the ability to incorporate both patience and persistence. Am I doing my best at understanding and learning from the mistakes, failures, setbacks, and pain? Am I doing my best also at continuing on? And if so, where and how should I continue on by utilizing the five daily practices of knowing my what, my who, my how, my now, and applying my why? And so if we're doing our best, learning lessons and having fun, that regardless of the pain, the setbacks and failures that we may experience, that part of doing our best, learning lessons and having fun, is how quickly we can promote, protect, or move from that pain, setback, or failure. And I think incorporated in the idea of doing our best, learning lessons, and having fun, accumulated or defined as our perspective. My perspective is defined by my effort of pursuing my potential and enjoying the consistent, persistent pursuit of that potential, which I define as doing my best. And then, of course, learning lessons incorporates patience and persistence, because if our ability to believe and have faith that there's something bigger than us that is omniscient, all-knowing, and all-powerful that cares about us as much as a parent cares about its child, then I therefore am learning from it with the confidence that it's going to promote me, protect me, put me into a better place, a better situation, or make my situation better, which allows me to once again have fun. And if I'm having fun, that allows me to what? continue the process, which is persistence, in order to facilitate the enjoyment of the consistent, persistent pursuit of my potential. Once again, proving that the super friends of patience and persistence, the Batman and Robin of faith, of promotion and protection, are allowing us to get to a better place, a better situation, regardless of the failure, setbacks, and mistakes that we've made. It's a beautiful thing that is all incorporated in the oneness of how these things are reconciled. Most importantly, I want to acknowledge the fact that you are paying attention to and giving intention to 
the coincidences that you want. And just the fact that you have taken the interest and have been more interested than interesting by utilizing all the different free and groups and one-on-one stuff that is available to you to pursue your potential. There's no doubt why you are growing, expanding and accelerating, why you are happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy. And you are figuring out what you're doing to interfere with it. Thank you so much, Christina. That was an extraordinary uh, question. And I certainly appreciated having you on. Thank you. And God bless you and your team as always. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you got it. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to take another question online. We've been doing these trainings for over 21 years. If you have any questions, put them in there. If you don't uh, get answered today, just reach out to me, david at dmeltzer.com for my books, guides, and exercises. I give my books for free, ebook, audiobook. I sign them, I send them, I pay for shipping. Just email me, david at dmeltzer.com. All replays are always available. We've done these for over 21 years. Uh, the podcast is called The Playbook. We have the billionaires, millionaires, and entrepreneurs, celebrities, athletes, and entertainers from Cameron Diaz to Dan Aykroyd to Marshall Falk to Paulo Ono to Rob Deerdeck to, you know, Ray J. It doesn't matter. We've had them all incredible CEOs and, you know, chairmen of Alphabet, uh, like my friend John and others. Uh, also the CEO, Alex Machinsky uh, for Celsius Network. But most importantly, we have all the trainings on there. So if you want to go back because I talked too quickly or you missed it, go ahead, download the playbook and listen to your own questions get answered. Uh, next up on Clubhouse, after I answer a question online, is the incredible Chef Marshall, one of the superstars of the two-minute drill. Uh, anyway, let me take this question online. I posted a question earlier in the chat box mistakenly. I believe that you already answered the question. Oh, it covered acceptance and faith. Oh, bummer. Uh, all right, here we go. I download your overlap agreement. How do I use it? Went through that. What's the best way to practice patience? Uh, of course, it is a practice. How do milestones help us remain patient? Good question. All right. How do milestones help us remain patient? I love the fact that you use the word milestones uh, because too many people have uh, objectives or goals. Uh, that, uh, to me, signifies an end. Uh, there is no end. We live between infinity and limitlessness. We do not want to limit ourselves. We don't want to create resistance by having certain end goals or timeframes in which we are supposed to effectuate what we want instead of what we're supposed to be, uh, you know, where we want to be instead of where we're supposed to be uh, and when we're supposed to, when we're, we want to be there instead of when we're supposed to be there. See, milestones represent the supposed to be. And so, because milestones represent supposed to be, we then effectuate the idea of faith that we utilize our actions to understand and learn from. This is the definition of patience that we should be teaching. We have the ability through patience to understand and learn from the pain, setbacks, and failures, which allows us to have the persistence, another ability to continue on both effectuated by the belief there's something bigger than us that's omniscient, all-powerful, and all-knowing that cares about us as much as our parents care about a child. That simple. As much as a parent cares about a child to promote, protect them to a better place, a better situation. In other words, to help them get to where they're supposed to be, not where they think they're, they are or want to be. Okay, so use your milestones to remain patient, knowing that they're just there to signify a direction, not an end. Milestones are used for direction, to surpass or go by or around, but not an end. A milestone is not a goal. 
is not an end. It doesn't create resistance voids and shortages. Uh, next up, the incredible superstar of the two-minute drill on Amazon Prime Video and Bloomberg, the incredible wellness specialist, my man, Chef Marshall. Um, I'm sort of a shout out. Um, you talked about uh, you talked about forgiveness and being worthy. Um, I, I want to, for people that are not familiar with you, um, I just want to first, I, you've heard me talk to you about this, but I wanted to say that David is uh, a really genuine uh, human being that because he really cares and he helped me get over myself and forgive myself for not being able to connect with my mom and help me reconnect with my mom uh, over a big thing that happened and kind of wrecked our whole family. And um, I just want to say that David's awesome. So if you're first time listeners to, to the man, David Meltzer, he is the bomb. Um, the other thing that I want to comment is, you know, the whole thing of like, you know, being worthy. Um, I have been working on, you know, feeling worthy of receiving amazing things in my life. And I have an amazing wife and kids and I get to help all these people improve their health and quality of life. And, and I just, I'm really now finally recognizing that I am worthy of receiving good things in the world. And um, I just wanted to kind of share that. I don't really have a question today, but uh, I always love listening to your stuff. And uh, I'm now kind of trickling into my, my kids' minds uh, about your stuff. And so anyways, <laughs> keep up the great work, David. Super appreciate it. I appreciate the comments and uh, l- love the shares. Also would love uh, qu- questions as well, Chef. Thanks for joining us. I'm going to take a question online, which I find to be very intriguing. How to have faith when you feel like you can't? Now we see patience and persistence in its true nature. Remember, persistence is the ability to continue on. And in order to believe or have faith, uh, when you feel like you can't, you have to remind, remember, and recollect what you're connected to and through. See, once you remind, recollect, and remember, all utilizing or defining themselves as connecting to and through, when we remember, remember, when we remind, we are joining, right? We are connecting to and through. Um, and we recollect, right? We are connecting to and through. We are joining. Once we rejoin, recollect, or remember, remind that we are connected to and through the greatest power, the omniscient, all-knowing, and all-powerful source that cares about us as much as a parent cares about the child, you will feel that you can because you know you're being promoted. You're being protected when the things that you don't want appear in your life. You will have the patience, and the, which is the ability to find the life lessons and understand what's going on. You have the patience, the ability to understand what's going on, but you also will effectuate the continuance of going on through persistence, all based off of two simple things, faith and the understanding of what that means, that there's an all-knowing, all-knowing, all-powerful, source that cares about you as much as the parent cares about his child. This is the way that you continue on when you think you can't, is take a step back, stop, drop, and roll, and understand, utilizing patience, the ability to understand and learn lessons of what you're connected to and through and how what you're connected to and through cares about you, promotes you, and protects you. Last guest coming up here on Clubhouse, Amy, welcome. I didn't realize Uh, gonna get called on next oh i'm sorry <laughs> oh, no 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 it's it's 
Um, hey, David, really great to see you here um, today. And I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to hear some of the wonderful wisdom that you share with all of us. Um, and you know what? I, I, I remember something that I had heard in one of your video trainings. Uh, we were talking about uh, that it's not our why, that it's like, what do you want to achieve out of something? Not like, why are you doing this? Um, you know, to remember what your, your uh, you know, what your, um, uh, what your point of, of what you're, you're trying to achieve is. Um, and I wanted to kind of, uh, you know, cause it's been a while since I heard that, since I saw you speak on that. And so, um, I was wondering if you could maybe kind of, uh, share what the difference is between the what and the why. Thanks. Yeah. And so that's where the five daily practices come in and I'm going to send them to you, Amy. So if you email me, David at dmeltzer.com, if you email me, I will go through finding your what, knowing your what each day not being afraid of learning and being a hypocrite and changing your mind, but knowing what you want personally, experientially giving and receiving, and then moving to the next step to get to applying your why, which is who you can help and who can help you. Then understanding with the power of 64 and the lenses of productivity, accessibility, and gratitude, how to be efficient, effective, and statistically successful. In other words, knowing your how, then being able to prioritize, which is a key indicator. It's also uh, a true solution to prove procrastination and laziness. Uh, but those who know their importance of what to do, do it now, 100% of the things you do now get done. People get things done are passionate, purposeful, and profitable. So if you know your what, your who, your how, and your now, you will apply your why. You not only will be motivated every day to get up, get back up, get started, get restarted, but you'll be inspired to get further past those milestones, to enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential, to have the desire to must be what you can be, to have faith. There's something bigger than you that cares about you, promotes you, protects you as much as a parent protects, promotes, and learns from their own children. I appreciate the question, Amy. Please email me, David at dmelter.com. I will send you those five daily practices. I'll send the patients first persistent guide to everyone. I will send my book, ebook, audiobook. I'll sign a book, ship it to you, pay for shipping and the book, David at dmelter.com. Thank you, everyone. I love to end on time. We're going to go film our last day of Two Minute Deal, season three. Check it out on Bloomberg and multiple streaming channels. The news coming out. Next week, topic is bring your own questions. I'll bring the answer. It's 6 a.m. Pacific time next Friday. Office Hours, episode five, premiering Friday again on Bloomberg TV with Tom Bilyeu, Nicole Lynn, Erica Nardini from Barstool, and Laura Wilde. Are you kidding me? It's an incredible lineup. Make sure you email me for the guides, exercises, and my books, david at dmelzer.com. But remember, most importantly, be kind to your future self and do good deeds. Have a great day.